Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. On a gorgeous Monday, a little overcast, but a bit of a warm day down here in the Cape. Times are changing maybe a little bit, and it is changing on the Figure It Out podcast as well. Normally tonight, we'd have a Monday recap of the Chiefs game. Not tonight. Chiefs off last week uh, in the Super Wild Card weekend. And so I thought, what a better time than to advance the calendar on the Figure It Out pod. Tonight's episode, college basketball. That's right, it's back. College basketball episodes out every Monday with my buddy Garrett Skipworth, who joins us from Kansas City. I'm excited to have him on. We'll talk to him here in just a second. Um, Martin Luther King Day, what a day of basketball. There were some good games on uh, college basketball. Big East battle started at 11 a.m. with uh, Villanova. And Georgetown, two reeling teams and two reeling programs. And that's kind of a theme for some big-name programs um, as we start this year uh, with new faces at the helm, including Villanova, Jay Wright retiring earlier, um, or actually, I guess, at the end of last season. Um, Some programs in there that kind of are in the same boat, Purdue and Michigan State played as well. Awesome hoops action today. Can't wait to talk about it. But first... Let's hear from recurring guest, Figure It Out pod contributor, Garrett Skipworth, our college basketball analyst. What's up, buddy? Chan, I'm happy to be here, man. You know, I was super stoked to uh, get it going last year for the very first time. And uh, I'm just equally equally as excited as I was last year to uh, get it going again this year, man. Um, Like you mentioned, you know, great time of year for sports. Got the NFL playoffs going right now. Hopefully the Chiefs are going to be making a Super Bowl run this year. And uh, yeah, man, as the weather heats up, college basketball heats up as well. So um, it's just that time of year, man. It's it's a really exciting time and uh, got a lot of good college basketball teams and, and games that are upcoming up in the next couple of weeks. And, and before you know it, we'll be having March Madness here in a couple months. So I'm excited to get it going and, and really appreciate you having me back. Yeah, it feels weird, dude. I mean, conference tournaments are not that far away. The tournament's not that far away. Um, and conference play is really heating up um, as we move closer and closer to March. Um, just some reminder for the listeners how we kind of set this up. This year, we're going to do a little bit differently. We're going to kind of do more of a preview from the previous weekend. So we're going to talk mainly about Saturday and Sunday's games. And then we'll move more into a look ahead, some bigger games throughout that week. Skip and I'll bounce some ideas off each other. There's some big games starting uh, tomorrow. I actually don't think there's any big Monday tonight with the NFL football game. Probably a smart move by college basketball to do that. Um, and we'll we'll preview the week, and then we'll finish up the show with uh, the top ten rankings from the uh, coaches' poll. I think I had the coaches' poll pulled up, and one of them, oh, AP top twenty-five. We'll do that one since I have that one pulled up. Um, we'll close the show with that since it'll come out early the afternoon before we record on a Monday. Let's get into Saturday, January 14th, Skip. First game on my list is a big one. Um, number 14, Iowa State, went to Kansas. Kansas wins 62-60. to They have been flirting with some disaster recently. Um, they played Oklahoma earlier last week, and they narrowly eat, squeaked out of victory in Lawrence as well. Kind of the same almost game in Lawrence on Saturday as well with number 14, Iowa State. Kansas, at the end of the day, they just know how to win. And I didn't actually watch this game. 
but I watched all of the Oklahoma game. And the thing that stood out to me the most, Skip, and I'm actually pretty sure you were at the game, so I'd like to get your thoughts on this. Porter Mosier, who I kind of know decently well from having watched him coach Loyola and watch him coach against Missouri State a ton, fiery guy, a lot of energy. But when the game gets down to the, the crunch time, he seems to just go sporadic. And his team played incredibly sporadic in Lawrence on that Tuesday night. Flip side, Bill Self is one of the most calm and collected coaches on the sideline, and Kansas played exactly like that down the stretch and completely took the game from Oklahoma. And that kind of game builds and builds and builds, and Kansas always has everybody's best shot, and they always find ways to win, and there was no different against the Cyclones on Saturday, Skip. Grady Dick, 21 points. I can't believe that kid's 18. Uh, just maybe speak on the Jayhawks and um, what you've seen in person and on television. Yes, so I want to make it clear for the record again, uh, just a reminder, I am not a KU fan by any means. Who are you a fan I'm, of, Garrett? For a I'm reminder. A fan, I'm a fan of Duke. I yeah. do like the Duke Blue Devils. So, uh, But I, uh, I did indeed go to that KU game against Oklahoma last week at Allen Fieldhouse, and you hit it right on the money, man. KU is just a winning program. They just know how to win. They've been there, done that. Um, when it comes down to the stretch, they have the experience, they have um, the, the coaching knowledge, they have the playmakers, they just have what it takes to win. And um, in college basketball, man, it's such a momentum uh, type of game. You know, uh, KU is actually down 10 points with four minutes left, and it looked like they were going to they were gonna lose the game. But a uh, couple good defensive stops, a couple uh, – you know, timely shots that they hit. And next thing you know, they're right back in the game. And um, when it came down to crunch time, they just made, uh, you know, a couple more plays than, than Oklahoma did. And so, you know, what kind of games you're going to get every single time in the big 12, they're just absolute dog fights. Um, you know, the big 12 does currently have five teams in the top 25. Uh, so you're never going to get a night off in the big 12. Um, you know, Oklahoma was an unranked team and uh, they gave KU a good shot, but uh, you know KU can't, uh, you, especially in college basketball, man, you can't get too high from a win or you can't get too low from a loss because uh, you know KU can't be feeling good about themselves because they turned around and played Iowa State on Saturday, which Iowa State is very ranks. very good. Yeah. Yes, very very good. And uh, like you mentioned, they they squeaked out another win, man. And um, sometimes it's not always the prettiest wins, but a win is a win. And uh, that game against Iowa State, very low scoring. It was only 62-60. Um, so, you know, defense came into came into play on that one. And um, I think it's safe to say that, again, just KU's experience, they just – they know what it takes to win. And, and so um, that definitely shows later on down the stretch in those type of games. Absolutely. Alabama, number four team in the country, hosted LSU Saturday and won by – 40. Uh, much like the Kansas game, um, Alabama played on Tuesday night against Arkansas at Arkansas, um, and I watched all of that game. Alabama is really good, and they're really athletic, and they have great guard play. Um, and I think that it kind of kind of reminds me of that Providence team from last year that we were really in love with on the pod, Skip. Um, 
and they're I think they're even a little bit better than that, honestly. They can score. Um, they're on a let's see, one, two, three, four, five, a six game winning streak, and that includes wins at number one twenty or excuse me, at number twenty one Mississippi State at the time and at number fifteen Arkansas, as I alluded to on Tuesday. Absolutely throttled LSU. And I don't care if LSU is not as good as what they've been in the past. But as Skip alluded to, conference play, the SEC is no joke either. And to win in the middle of the conference season by 40, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it, it, it's a really telling victory, I think, of the team that Nate Oates has in Alabama. Alabama can make some serious noise, I think, in this tournament. Um, Skip, did you – what do you have on this? Yeah, you, uh, again, hit it right on the money, man. Um, the SEC currently does have five teams in the top 25, uh, with Alabama sitting at number four. And um, so whenever you put up 106 points, man, you know, that's going to be – you're going to be able to beat a lot of teams. And uh, Alabama in particular, they have a uh, very – very, very good player, honestly, a national player of the year candidate and Brandon Miller. Um, he is a very dynamic player, had 31 points in that game against LSU. So anytime you can score the ball at that high of a clip, you're going to have a chance to win any game. Um, we were kind of talking about it before we got on the podcast here. Um, you know, teams like Houston uh, coming off the Elite Eight last year, and they're now sitting at number one. Um, they're currently uh, – number one out of 363 teams in defense only giving up like 52 points a game. But on the flip side of that, uh, if you're putting up over a hundred points, man, that's, uh, that's, that's tough to guard. So uh, whenever you have good guard play and guys that can, that can uh, create their own shot and, and hit the three ball and, and uh, you know, hit free throws late in the game, that's, that's tough to beat. Absolutely. Um, speaking of that, Kentucky goes on the road and gets a big winning. It's number five, Tennessee, going down the list here. A lot of top 25 matchups that are coming, kind of coming out of the wire, even though we just got done talking about a blowout. Tennessee had multiple chances in this game. Um, it was a back-and-forth game, a big rivalry against a Kentucky team who has been super up and super down this year, as many John Calipari teams are early in their seasons. Um, and this could be a turning point for Kentucky, currently unranked right now and um, off to a really a bad start by Kentucky, uh, by Kentucky standards. But they squeak out, of, uh, what is that, a seven-point win over Tennessee, who is number five on the road. I think the Wildcats could turn the corner here, Skip. Tennessee, a really good team and only, only scoring 56 points. Bit of a concerning afternoon for the Volunteers. No doubt about it, man. And, and sometimes uh... – you know, whenever you're a struggling team like Kentucky has been so far this year, all it takes is one win to get you right back on track. Mm -hmm. And uh, a win on the road uh, in a hostile environment like Tennessee with uh, the way that they're playing so far this year, that that could be uh, that could definitely be a turning point for for Kentucky. And there again, another program, uh, even though they're not playing up to their standards so far this year, they've uh, historically they just know how to win and they know what it takes to win. And um, you know, having a coach like John Calipari definitely helps out as well. And, and they also have, uh, another national player of the year candidate in Oscar Shibway. Um, you guys, if you have a, a big man dominating the paint, like he's able to, uh, that helps your defense and that, you know, whenever you can just feed him inside and he can go get a bucket for you. Um, that also helps out as well. Shibway's asked 
are averaging uh, 16 points a game and 13 rebounds a game. So pretty dominant on both ends of the floor. And, um, you know, he was a guy that was able to definitely, he could have gone to the NBA draft last year, but decided to come back uh, and, and play it out another year. So, you know, that uh, they're playing with some fire under their belt and um, looking to get things back on track. So they're definitely a team that I would not want to see in the tournament by any means. I think for a big man, it's a little bit more um, common for them to stay around a little bit longer. I think it takes them a little bit longer to refine their game and any any more, especially going to the NBA. Like, not that Sheboy can't shoot, but that is not his strength. He needs to really improve his ability to shoot the bas- or shoot the basketball away from the basket. Um, that'll only benefit him moving forward. Let's get through this next game really quick. Gonzaga murders Portland. I don't ever know what to do with Gonzaga, dude. I mean, they won 115 to 75, but their competition in the WCC is just a joke. Um, I truly believe there's a reason why they haven't won a natty, and it's because they just can't sustain that many really highly competitive games for that long of a a duration of time that the tournament is. Um, It's proven time and time again, and they've gotten as close as they can, and they get absolutely waxed by Baylor in the national championship. Um, so I don't really know what to do with Gonzaga. We'll move on from them. Arizona goes on the road and takes on Oregon and loses in kind of a bad fashion. I like this Arizona team. This is a really good program out West. Um, one of the best in the Pac-12 and probably that region of the country. Um, and I don't really know that I put too much stock into this loss. Um, it was a bit shocking just given the way Arizona's been playing this season. I really like the way they get up and down the floor. Um they have really good guard play and they can really shoot the basketball too, um, which kind of is unindicative of their performance against Oregon who kind of controlled this game. Skip, did you get anything on this one? Yeah, man. I really like, uh, I really like Arizona's um, 611 forward that they have from Lithuania. Also another guy from Lithuania is uh, a guy by the name of Kristaps Porzingis. Right. So very, very similar. His name is Azulis. (laughs) Tubelis. <laughs> Are you hinting that we need to bring back names of the names of college basketball segment on the pod? Maybe, dude. Man, I swear, Arizona year in and year out always has the best of the best names. Yeah. But um, he's a guy averaging twenty points a game, nine rebounds a game, uh, shoots it at a very high clip, fifty-seven percent from the field. Also, is able to stretch the floor uh, for a big guy sitting at six eleven. He shoots forty-seven percent from the three. Um, so definitely a guy that has some very high NBA draft stock to say the least, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's one of those things, you know, in conference play, you kind of just, uh, you never know what's going to happen sometimes. Truly. I mean, you're a team like Arizona, uh, who again is a very, very good team. I, I, uh, I'm very high on them. I'm, I believe that they're going to definitely make a deep run in the tournament yet again this year. But, um, you know, you're, you're always going to, if you're the opposing team, you're always going to give Arizona their best shot every single game. And so if you don't come out and play your best game every single time, you, you might be able to, to uh, catch a team like Arizona slipping every once in a while. So um, I wouldn't put too much draft stock in, or it's not draft stock. I wouldn't put too much, uh, you know, too much emphasis on that on on a loss like that um i'm sure arizona will be able to to bounce back in a good way um 
especially with with the uh, the Pac-12 man. You know, historically, the last couple of years, the Pac-12 has has been very very down. Um, so I don't see too many teams out there out west that are going to give Arizona too many headaches. Yeah, maybe a UCLA, but that's kind of it. Um, we nailed that. Texas picked up a huge win. Texas, I don't like Texas at all. Um, I don't like them as a as a school or a program, but um, got to give them a lot of credit from what they've had to go through since Chris Beard had the allegations come out. Um, it was right before their game against Rice, which was on December 12th. They've won nine of their last ten. Their only loss coming to a red-hot K-State team at home. Um, in which they scored 103 points in. Now they they gave up 116, but still able to score over 100. Um, they have an awesome two-point win at home against Texas Tech. Um, you know, I think things like that really help teams rally. Um, a team like Texas that had a lot of um, expectations and still do. I mean, I think they've been as high as number two in the country at one point this season. Um, they're down to number 10 now, but Wins like that, three in a row over over really good opponents as well. Um, it kind of seems like they've rallied around this whole this whole deal and maybe trying to just play for each other a little bit more because it's kind of indicative right now. Uh, Marcus Carr is a really good guard, went for twenty against Texas Tech. Um, they're fifteen and two, four and one in the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve right now. Skip this Texas team is legit, and uh, they have a big week. They got to go to Iowa State and they go to West Virginia. So two tough road games um, against two really, really solid programs coming up for the Longhorns. But yeah, yeah man, right you, now, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Marcus Carr, man. He also had a forty-one point game earlier this year with ten threes. Yeah. So I mean, the dude can really score the ball. Uh, you mentioned that he had 20, 20 points this last weekend. Um, so yeah, they're a scary team, man. Uh, Definitely another team that's playing with fire with with the whole coaching situation that they've dealt with. Um, I would not want to play Texas coming, you know, coming uh, in March. <laughs> no. Um, let's get – we're moving right along, Skip. This is a really good pace. Arkansas, number 15. Well, actually, let me back up. Sorry. Um, I'd, I'd be doing my dad wrong here if I don't talk about the number 11, K-State Wildcats. Um they are a very interesting team. Picked last, I believe, in the Big 12 to start the year. 15-2 and two thus far. They lose this weekend on the road to TCU. Um, and an interesting – it was I, I did not expect this to happen, really. I thought this K-State team um, was going to win this game. Not that TCU isn't a good opponent. They're number 17 in the country. But just the way that they lost, I thought that was kind of unindicative of the way they've been playing this year. Um, they beat Texas 116 to 103, as I mentioned during the Texas monologue. But this K State team with Keontae Miller, who, if you remember correctly, was the guy that collapsed on the court at Florida um, and and transferred to K State. The dude's absolutely balling. And uh, another guy, uh, Marquise Noel for K State. This guy is one of those streaky guys that you have – or excuse me, it's not Keontae Miller, by the way, either. It's Keontae Johnson. I said that wrong. But um, Marquise Noel, dude, this guy, he can really score the basketball. He's a streakier guy. Um, but when he's on, he's on. Um, this K-State team relies heavily on that kind of stuff. And they just came up a little short, kind of like the Arizona games. But I think this K-State team might be legit. They're super athletic and have some serious playmakers. And – 
the reports out of K-State, I, I don't think they can be high enough on uh, Jerome Tang, who came over from Baylor, the assistant coach at Baylor. He's now the head coach at Kansas State. Um, it's rejuvenated the program, um, and they have a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, man. They have one of the best players in Keontae Johnson in the entire Big 12, in my opinion. Um, he's currently averaging 18 points a game. Uh, he had that electric one-handed alley-oop the other night to seal the game against Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was just – that was a crazy play. Um, so, yeah, man, pretty crazy that they were projected uh, preseason to get last in the Big 12. Um, and now they're they're sitting at 15-2 and two and – and they're, uh, you know, close to the top 10 in the entire country. So just goes to show you the entire depth of uh, the Big 12 and how good it is from top to bottom. Um, in my opinion, it's hands down the best conference right now in the entire nation um, with just the uh, the strength of schedule for every single team. Every single night, you're going to get just a, uh, a crazy good matchup no matter who it is. Um, so yes, I would, uh, I would definitely look out for K-State. They're a very scary team. Um, you know, whenever you have one of the top playmakers in the entire conference and Keontae Johnson, you're going to have a chance to win any game. Skip, let's talk about the Duke Blue Devils. Um, one of those teams that I kind of mentioned at the beginning that has a new face of the program with Coach K retiring, um, slip up against Clemson. They cracked the top 25 at number 24. Maybe your thoughts on your favorite team, the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, man. Pretty, uh, <laughs> again, very similar to Kentucky To for Duke standards, a very slow start to the season. Um, you know, not to make any excuses, but they have been dealing with a lot of injuries so far this year. Um, one of them being uh, their star point guard, Jeremy Roach. Um, that guy is just the engine for their team. He, he gets them going and, um, with him being out, it's been pretty difficult. Um, you know, as far as trying to find their identity as a team, um, he's kind of just, uh, the one that is the playmaker. He not only scores the ball, he, you know, it gets everyone else involved on the court. Um, and with it being a, a first year head coach in John Shire, who I'm very, very high on, really like the hire with uh, John Shire. I think he's going to be tremendous for the program for years to come. Um, but just kind of a lot of confusion, I feel like, so far for for Duke. They're trying to, you know, get acclimated with a brand-new coach and uh, with their star point guard being out, kind of, uh, you know, struggling in the sense of their identity as a team and how they're going to go about winning games without him. Um They've definitely lost some some uncharacteristic games so far this year, teams that you would expect them to win. Um, and this is actually, I was reading something, Chan, um, that this is the first time since 1982 that Duke or UNC, um, one of those teams has not been in the top 25, which was pretty crazy to me. Right. Um, been that long just shows you the longevity of both of those programs um but i think that duke as the year goes on hopefully sooner rather than later i think they'll start to figure it out um again they have a lot of young guys uh year in and year out they uh you know it's it's great i love the the talent and the caliber of players that they bring in every single year but I think it kind of goes back to uh, – we talked about this a lot last year, man. 
Um, I, I feel like recently there's been sort of a recent shift in the dynamic of college basketball as far as like experience is way more important than exposure Mm -hmm. and teams that have experience and they have guys that stay there for a couple years and, and um, you know, gain that experience in the tournament and they kind of uh, build up that, uh, that camaraderie as a team and as a program um, they're tending to have a lot more success than the teams that are just, you know, bringing in five or six freshmen year in and year out and expecting these young guys to, just step up to the plate and take them to the promised land. Um, you know, I, I'm not knocking Duke's philosophy by any means because they also at the same time in the, in the recent years, they've started to kind of transition into bringing in um, more experienced guys along with those freshmen as well, not just solely relying on the freshmen there. They've been re- recently starting to bring in like some grad transfers um, you know, dudes that have, that have played for three or four or five years, um, and their respective programs and they're bringing them over as transfers. So, um, I, I like that they're starting to do that a little bit more, but, uh, it just, again, it goes to show you, man, that experience is way more successful than exposure sometimes. Let's wrap up the, uh, Saturday slate with, one final game, we'll give a shout-out to our boy Cole Albright. The Auburn Tigers playing really good basketball right now. After an interesting um, – it's kind of funny, Skip. Talking to a legit Auburn fan, he was really bummed out about the way this team had looked. The same team that won their first eight games um, and have only lost three on the season thus far. Pick up a big win at home against the Mississippi State Bulldogs to go to 4-1 and one in the SEC. I really like the way Auburn plays. They are a true run and gun. Um, they have a uh, they have a transfer from Moorhead State, who I actually sh- I actually saw play in person last year. Uh, Johnny Broom, who is a super good uh, post player, finishes with his left hand really well. He is left handed. He is a little left hand dominant, but if he gets to that left hand, it's pretty much over. Um, he's added an interesting dynamic to this Auburn team. They're really, uh, really a tall team. Their guards are tall. They have big post players. And I was watching their game last week on Tuesday against Ole Miss, and they were just bigger than Ole Miss, and they really did their advantage. Um, and 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 grinded out a really good win by six on at home on Saturday against a good Mississippi State team. I really like this Auburn team. Um, talking to a real Auburn fan, he never seems as positive as I do. I've watched a lot of their games, and um, they, they go to LSU and to South Carolina, two very winnable games, and they're back home against a and I mean, this team could be 7-1 and one in one of the best basketball conferences in the country come next time we talk. Yeah, 100%, man. And, uh, again, I, I feel like the, the Big 12 and the SEC are two of the most dominant um dominant conferences right now in the in all of college basketball and um you know for them to uh to to get a good win on Saturday and like you said uh with them having two very winnable games this week you start getting a winning streak going of two three four games I mean that starts building some confidence and um you know sometimes it's not always about the best teams but it's about the teams who are playing the hottest at the right time of the season. And so if they can carry that momentum um, going into the, to the last half of the season and, 
and uh, moving forward into conference play, watch out, man. They uh, and they obviously have uh, they've been there, done that. They've had recent success as well. Um, having Bruce Pearl at the helm, that's always a a positive as well. Um, so yeah, they would be a scary team for sure. Absolutely, that's that's that was really good slate talk, Skip. Let's move forward here. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the AP top ten. Um, starts with the Houston Cougars. Houston plays this week against Tulane. Um, we'll kind of combine the the week preview with the top ten, Skip. We'll talk about the top ten as as for their matchups. Um, number two, Kansas. They go to K State. Number thirteen, Kansas State. Um, that's going to be an awesome game. Purdue, number three. They actually played today, Garrett. We didn't talk about that game. Let's talk about it real fast. Purdue is a really good team, and it is headlined by Zach Eady. I know you had some stuff written down about him, but um, just from the game today, they were down one um, with about I think it was you know eight eight ish seconds left. They're running on the court. They have a perfect play drawn up. They throw it into Edie. He turns over his left shoulder and lays it in, and it was over. And uh, Michigan State actually played perfect defense, in my opinion. You just really can't do anything against this guy. If he is on, he's so big, and he moves insanely well for his size. It's actually crazy how well he can move. Um, it's very difficult to beat them. They don't mess up. They have a decent perimeter game. Their guards are typical, are typical Big Ten guards, in my opinion. They get into the lane really well, and if they need to knock down a shot, they can. But they really want to get to the rim and finish through contact and in in traffic. And I think it's because they have that guy that can just clean up their misses. I mean, he is active on the boards. I was really impressed with the way he played today. Your thoughts on Purdue? Uh, they're number three in the country as of today. Yeah, Zach Eady, man, seven four. That is insane how big he is. Yeah. Um, averaging 21 points a game, 13 rebounds a game, shooting 63% from the field. I mean, that is just as, as efficient as it gets. Um, and Chan, don't quote me on it, but I do believe that Purdue going into the season or either going into the season or very early in the season, um, they might have not even been ranked at one point um, because they came out and uh, won – one of the early tournaments, the Phil Knight tournament, uh-huh. uh, hosted out in Oregon. They came out and won that. And if I'm not mistaken, that was kind of really what put them on the map and kind of uh, got people's attention. And um, and then they just they took off and ran with it, man. They're very, very good. Again, very similar to a guy like Oscar Shibwe. Um, If you have a guy like Zach Eady, man in the paint, that's going to help your defense. That's going to help your offensive efficiency. Because uh, what do you do with a guy like that if he gets it on the block? I mean, do you double team him? Do you, um, you know, because if you double team him, that opens up wide open threes for guys on the perimeter. Or if you uh, don't double team him, then he's he's just going to dominate the paint. So um, it's kind of just like pick your poison at that point with him. So, uh, yeah, Purdue's a very, very scary team. Um, in my opinion, Zach Eady's probably the, uh, uh, as far as all the national players um, of the year to watch, I feel like he's probably leading that list right now. Mm-hmm. I would say he is the national player of the year at the moment. Um, and if he keeps this up, I, I don't see anyone else um, being able to beat him out for that award. So, uh, yeah, man, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they're able to do. 
Um, Purdue again is just a, another historic program. That's they just uh, I feel like Purdue always just kind of has that grit, you know, yeah. just a very very gritty program. Um, a, a team that tends to just sneak up on you. Not a lot of people talk about them all throughout the year. Not a lot of people give them too much, you know, too much notoriety. Um, but they just kind of steadily win and and uh, stay consistent throughout the year. And then um, by the time the tournament comes around in March, you know, people are like, you know, they realize how good of a team they are. So yeah. um, Purdue, very, very scary. Would not want to play them. Until they go up against St. Peter's in the tournament, and then all bets are off. <laughs> Number four, Alabama returns to the court tomorrow to take on Vanderbilt. We already talked about them. They are a legit team. I have no issue believing that they're going to win that game. Number five, UCLA. Um, we said that they could, they're one of the ones that can challenge the, uh, the Arizona Wildcats out west, but um, they sit at number five. Number six, Gonzaga. Don't really care who they play this week. Some other WCC team. I'm sure they'll beat them by 40. Texas, number seven in the country, moving up three spots, is it, after their win against Texas Tech. Number eight, Xavier. Um, haven't talked about Xavier today. A very, very tough physical brand of basketball. Um, they're playing really well right now. Number nine, Tennessee slides down a few spots out of their loss to Kentucky. And rounding out the top 10 is Virginia, a team that's kind of like Purdue, Garrett. I know you're an ACC guy. Um, Virginia has that grit, always has, pretty much always will, in my opinion. Um, and a team that nobody really wants to talk about until uh, until tournament time. And um, this Virginia team always seems to be in the top 25 and normally in the top 10. 100% man and they're a, a team that's very similar to a team like Houston who's number one right now Virginia is always a good defensive team year in and year out uh, very tough very grit you know um, team that has a lot of grit and uh, it's pretty crazy man as far as the ACC um, you know we already mentioned Duke and Carolina not even being in the top 25 for the first time since 1982 Um but a couple of teams, unfamiliar faces from the ACC who are rounding out the top 25 this year. Um, you got Virginia sitting at number 10. Uh, you got Miami sitting at number 17. And you got Clemson sitting at number 19. Uh, Clemson actually moved up eight spots after their win against Duke the other day. Uh, Duke was, uh, was number 24 at that point whenever they played this past weekend. And then uh, Clemson was able to knock them off and knocked Duke out of the top 25. So a um, little bit of a down year as far as the ACC standards go. Mm -hmm. Usually you're seeing a lot more teams that are in the top 25. But uh, again, man, you know, college basketball, it's, it's just crazy year in and year out, man. It, it never fails. It It's almost one of those things. It's like every year I feel like, it's not going to get any better than it already is. And then it just every year it, it exceeds my expectations. Yeah. So um, even though the ACC is quote unquote down a little bit, it uh, it's still a really, really tough conference um, from top to bottom. So you got to play your best basketball every single night, no matter what. I watched earlier today. We'll wrap up the show with this. Um, and if you have any notes, uh, I'll give you some time here. But um, Villanova and Georgetown, a classic Big East mat battle. 
The Big East well represented in this week's top 25. Providence, Marquette, um, let's see, UConn, Xavier in the top 10. I mean, that's half their league basically in, in the top 25. So that's uh, good to see from one of the most historic basketball conferences um, in the game that we have. Garrett, any final stats that you have written down that you want to share with listeners? Other than that, I think I think we nailed uh, this week's episode. Yeah, no, that was a great episode to get things kicked off, man. Um, going to be interesting to see this time next week what we're going to be talking about because a lot of upsets, a lot of good games this week. Uh, you know, things could uh, could shift around quite a bit this time next week. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens and hopefully uh, hopefully Duke will be able to turn it around and start getting some wins under their belt and hopefully uh, shout out your dad like you said hopefully K-State will be able to uh, keep it rolling like they have been um, but yeah man it's uh, exciting stuff and I- I'm really looking forward to the rest of this season in college basketball great start to the 2023 college basketball figure it out pod episode We'll be back next week at the same time. Uh, maybe a little bit more mid-major talk next week. We'll uh, have about the same format. Uh, we'll go a little bit longer. I got actually I got to run here in just a couple minutes, so um, a little bit of a shorter episode tonight. Might be a little bit longer next week. You never know. We do what we want here. It's my show, so we'll do it how I want to do it. Garrett, I appreciate you stopping by, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy college basketball this week, brother. Always a pleasure, Chan. Really appreciate you, man. See ya.